this is Hadassah for Deborah Scott. It's a delight to welcome you back to this episode of Book by Book Bible Study. We are on the book of Acts. And today we're going to look at Acts chapter 9. Let's pray. Dear Father, we ask that as we delve into your word, you will teach us from your heart and open our hearts to understand and help us to know what we need to do why we need to do it where we need to do it and give us the grace to actually obey and walk in the instructions that you've given us walk in the lights that you're showing us so that we don't just hear and read but that we also become who you made us to become by virtue of your word in jesus name amen so let's get into it acts chapter 9 from verse 1 Meanwhile, Saul was uttering threats with every breath and was eager to kill the Lord's followers. So he went to the high priest. He requested letters addressed to the synagogues in Damascus, asking for their cooperation in the arrest of any followers of the way he found there. He wanted to bring them, both men and women, back to Jerusalem in chains. As he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. The men with Saul stood speechless, for they heard the sound of someone's voice but saw no one. Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. He remained there blind for three days and did not eat or drink. Now, there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man named Tarsus from a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem, and he's authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument as to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel, and I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias went out and found Saul, and laid his hands on him, and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, something like scales fell from Paul's, from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight, and he got up and was baptized. Afterward, he ate some food and regained his strength. So personally, I find this story um, a little bit amusing. Like God really looked from heaven and I was like, Saul, what are you doing? And he decided, I'm going to stop you right there and hijacked like if there's one thing the story tells me it reminds me of rather it's that plans work yeah with coordination and cooperation plans work like 
plans are a game changer you make plans they work you make plans you have a great team to execute it and you have all your tools lined up plans work now if they don't work god will not need to interrupt men's plans that's it you want examples Babel, so the trinity if if plans don't work god will just keep looking at men as they're making their plans knowing that it's going to fall through but but you see every once in a while when people have the right combination but it does not align with the kingdom agenda god's like um am i gonna i'm just gonna stop you right there and i find that super super fascinating another thing that i see is that um god is such a master planner so he allowed Saul to leave Jerusalem but met him before he entered Damascus he gave Saul instructions and sent him inside Damascus to wait then he went to meet Ananias and said Ananias go and do XYZ he didn't tell Ananias like I mean the boldness and trust God so much had in Ananias being obedient that he already god already told Saul that ananias is going to come before he went to tell ananias i find this interesting but he's such a master planner and it's from this perspective that it becomes easier to trust even when things are not going well even when things are upside down even when things don't you know even when things don't make a lot of sense it's from this perspective that we start to trust that he's still in control he knows what he's doing he sees all the behind the scenes he sees all the many different angles the people involved the characters that come to play the circumstances that are happening and still he's still in control so in case you're in the middle of something that feels very stupid and you know just want it to go away just remember that in the end it all works out because god is still in control yeah okay so um let's get back into what we're reading this is verse okay the rest of verse 19 saul stayed with the believers in damascus for a few days And immediately he began preaching about Jesus in the synagogue, saying, He is indeed the Son of God. And all who heard him were amazed. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? They asked. And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priest? Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus could not refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. Trust him. After a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. I find the Jews amazing. I mean, somebody does not agree with you, and the next day they're plotting to kill him. It's 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 tempting to just you know really really condemn them like that and say any small thing if you want to kill somebody da, 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 da. but some of us do the same if anyone does not agree with our views and instead of you know 
seeking them out to understand their point of view so that we can agree so that we can you know maybe resolve it amicably or agree to disagree or just keep the peace i mean you won't agree with everybody but if you understand their point of view you might be able to relate and do things together even though you don't agree and sometimes you understand their point of view and you realize that uh this is a fundamental difference and i'm not going to be able to work with you and you part amicably without necessarily turning into enemies i mean you can hate things they do but there is nowhere in the bible that we have license to hate a person but you find people and because somebody does not 100 percent agree with their views they start trying to sabotage the person they start to slander them they start to say wicked things about them they start to frustrate their work and say all sorts of things about them and in those moments we're not being much better than the jews that kill everybody that disagrees with them so yeah this is your reminder that not everybody's going to be like you not everybody's going to hold the things you hold dear you know dear to heart not everybody's going to see things a hundred percent the way you see them right and honestly not everybody would and it's okay you can move away you don't have to turn to hate and hateful actions to so that you feel self-justified that's just being insecure and being unsure of your convictions if your convictions are so shaky that they can be shaken by somebody else simply disagreeing with you then you need to check yourself and your convictions the problem is not the person the problem is you anyway where were we we're reading the bible verse 24 they were watching for him day and night at the city gate so they could murder him but Saul was told about their plot so during the night some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall when Saul arrived in Jerusalem he tried to meet with the believers but they were all afraid of him they did not believe he had truly become a believer then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul went with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. He debated with some Greek-speaking Jews and they tried to murder him. When the believers heard about him about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to his to Tarsus, his hometown. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord and with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. It also grew in numbers. <laughs> it's hilarious, right? One man, one man, one single man was shipped out of Jerusalem, <laughs> and the church had peace. Like, are you kidding? But it goes to show. It goes to show the sort of influence we can wield as kings and priests. If you read um is it first Peter two nine or second Peter two nine? I think it's first Peter two nine where scripture says we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Okay, yeah, it's first Peter tonight. 
called for to show the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light a royal priesthood you know we are both priests and kings after the order of you know david you know um jesus came as a descendant of david making him a king and when we come into christ we are living christ's life so that makes us kings but at the same time jesus is the final high priest is the high priest is both the sacrifice and the high priest is the one you know it was sacrificed for our sin and paid for our sin in full but at the same time is the high priest that brought that sacrifice that brought that sacrifice into god's presence and after the order of jesus as you know after the order of jesus we are also priests and what that translates to in our daily lives is that yes we are consecrated to god we worship him we lead others in worship we teach the word we have strong spiritual lives but at the same time we are kings in that we have relevance in the world we have roles that we play we interact with people we show up to work we run businesses we sit in governance we make decisions we push policies we influence people and we sometimes underestimate our the kingly side of our work we sometimes underestimate our secular influence because we are trying to feel holy by all the spiritual activities we do and this is your reminder that one should not outweigh the other you should not become so devoted to religion that you forget that the whole essence of you being left on earth after coming to christ is so that you can influence the world for god and you should not be so focused on your secular work and influencing the world for god that you let go of your private devotion and commitment and fellowship with god as his child both have to work right and then another thing i see in this place is that god is still in the business of changing men I mean, the soul, the soul that sanctioned Stephen's murder, that that gave the believers hell in Jerusalem, that tried chasing them all over, and was going to Damascus. Damascus is not in Israel. Damascus is in Syria. Like it was literally willing to travel out to go and bring people back in chains over this matter. And God entered his life, and all of a sudden, he's the one preaching the name of Jesus boldly wow god is still in the business of changing men so again we need to learn to put god's word over reputation if a person has come to christ they have come to christ yeah okay the final part of acts chapter 9 from verse 32 meanwhile peter traveled from place to place and he came down to visit the believers in the town of lida then he met a man named Anias who had been paralyzed and bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Anias, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your sleeping mat. And he was healed instantly. And then the whole population of Lida and Sharon saw Anias walking around and they thanked the Lord. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas.
she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. Okay, I want to um, use this point to clarify something, especially when you're reading scripture. There are two there are two ways scripture tells you a person's like if a person has more than one need. So sometimes like here, what happens is that they say this person's name is this and in another language is that. So in a community where they speak two languages, like in this person's community they speak Hebrew and they also speak Greek. So she was most likely she was most likely called Dorcas by Greeks Greek speaking um neighbors and then you know Tabitha by Hebrew speaking neighbors and in this case the names mean the same thing. So how you will see it in scripture is that they will tell you the first name and then they will tell you which in Greek is which in the other um, language is this right but sometimes scripture says stuff like so and so person also called if you take a look at those kind of names they don't mean the same thing it's like saying this is jane also called hadassah jane doesn't mean hadassah obviously they are two different names so yeah like saying um hadassah also called esther that's from the book of esther the names don't mean the same thing and I find it hilarious when people say, oh, it, means, it doesn't mean the same thing. For example, Hadassah means sign of hope. It's a derivative of the word Hadass, which is a metal tree. But Esther means gift. It's like when, um, you know, Peter, or, um, Peter also called Simon. Simon is named God, um, his parents gave to him. He grew up as Simon. And after he had the revelation of who jesus was and he spoke to jesus jesus called him kafias also called peter um kafias which means peter rather both kafias and peter means rock and jesus called him that because on that rock he planned to build a church so his name is simon peter or simon kafias depending on what part of the world you're in and so that's just a quick um you know lesson on people's um, interpreting by the clown names sometimes they mean the two names mean the same thing and it's just different languages sometimes it's different languages but they mean entirely different things and you have to pay attention to language and wording and that principle stands for a lot of things when you're reading scripture pay attention to the wording because that in itself is like a key to interpreting stuff anyway let's finish our story there was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which is which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. But the believers had heard that Peter was nearby at Lida, so they sent two men to beg him, please come as soon as possible. Peter returned with them, and as soon as they arrived, they took him to the upstairs room. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and other clothes Dorcas had made for them. But Peter asked all of them to leave the room. Then he knelt and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes. When she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then he called in the widows and all the believers and presented her to them alive. The news spread through the old town and many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living in Simon, a tanner of heights.
interesting interesting what God can do if people walk in faith interesting what God can do if people walk in faith so my question to you today is the faith you have received the life you have received what are you doing with it people around you feel your relevance or are you just religious let's stop there <laughs> have a beautiful day ahead